He knows where you are. He knows what your need is. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your hurts. He knows your, your fears. He knows everything about you, and He is there for you. He says He will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There have been places in my life that some people just could not walk with me. As close as I was to my family, as close as I was to my own brother, there was places he couldn't walk with me. But Jesus said he'll be closer than a brother. Somebody say amen. Boy, that's good stuff right there. Amen. Grab your Bible. Remain standing for just a moment and turn with me. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, we are going to continue in our series with uh, the, the subject of vision. Vision. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. There, there's, uh, you know, Helen Keller said there's one thing worse than being born blind, and that's living with no vision. Living with no vision. I have I, I, really enjoyed this particular study. Uh, to, to catch you up, if you haven't been here for the other two messages, you, you'll, you'll find out when you go to the book of Nehemiah, the nation of Israel has been in peril. The nation of Israel has been to basically laid desolate because of their, their sin and their disobedience. They were taken into captivity in Babylon, and, and for 70 years they stayed in captivity. Then God allowed them to come back and begin the rebuilding process he allowed a, a group of people to come back and start rebuilding the temple and, and so forth and so on. Well, uh, the, 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 the process had slowed down greatly. Uh, they, they, they got the temple built, but the walls were still in rubble. The city basically was still desolate. And word got back to Nehemiah about the condition of the city. And it broke his heart. It broke his heart. The Bible says he fasted and he prayed and he mourned. And, and he asked God, what would he have him to do? You know, God will always stir up a vision by exposing a difficulty, by exposing a problem, by exposing a need. That, that, that thing that you just learned about, that issue, that situation that just come up into your life that you think, what in the world, why did this happen? It may be that God is opening your eyes to something that he wants you to do something about. Listen, everybody wants everybody else to go, but it might need to be this. It's me. Lord, send me, I'll go, amen. Well, anyway, uh, he, he, he finds and he sees the vision that God would have him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he goes to the king, he gets the permission, he gets all the materials that he needs, and God provides all of that. Aren't you glad if God sends you somewhere, he'll give you what it takes to make it happen? He goes and he, and he, and he, and he, pre he presents this to the people. <clears throat> they, they get all jacked up about it, man. They're excited. I mean, he, he, he put on some kind of pep rally, amen? And he, they're all excited. He said, let us rise up and build. They said, let us rise up and build. Let's strengthen our hands for this good work. And they started building. They started building. Now, how many of y'all know anytime you do something significant, there's going to be some weasel that has something to say about it? You say, I don't want people to talk about me. Well, don't do nothing. If you don't want people to talk about you, just don't do nothing. Don't, don't do nothing significant. Don't, don't, don't make a difference in somebody's life and people won't talk about you. But if you stand up and decide to make a difference in somebody's life, somebody's going to have something to say about it. Somebody's going to be negative. There's whiners everywhere. Amen? In the, in the, in the, in the uh, spirit of the song, let's give them something to talk about. Amen? 
They were criticizing them, saying it can't be done. You can't do it. It's, it's impossible. It, the, the, the task is too great. The task is too large. You can't do it. There's always those type people. There's always those type people who say it can't be done. But guess what? If we keep reading, we'll find out in 52 days, in record time, they accomplished the task. Amen? Amen. Now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want you to look in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter number 4 and verse number 6. I'll just read one verse and and you can sit down today. Uh, One verse that that is probably, a a section of this verse is probably one of the most popular verses uh, for pastors and churches, especially if they're in a building program or something of that nature. I've seen it my whole life. Y'all know I grew up a preacher's kid, so I've been in church my whole life, and I've seen it. Matter of fact, the very first banner... The very first banner that I put up on the wall when I came in October of 99 down in the little building, uh, I I went and had it made up and Brother Dole was over visiting and me and Brother Dole got ladders and we put it up on the back wall there in the auditorium because I wanted people to see this verse. I wanted people to get this in their heart and get this in their mind for what we had to accomplish. Verse number six, Nehemiah 4, 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. So built we the wall. And all of the wall was joined together under the half thereof. In other words, in other words, they finished the wall all the way around and they got it about halfway to the height that it was supposed to be. In other words, they had halfway accomplished the job that was set before them. Then it says this. Here's our, here's our text right here. Here's what I want you to get right here. For the people had a mind to work. For the people had a mind to work. Now that word mind there means heart. Their heart was in it. They were doing it with all of their heart. They were serving with all of their heart. They were volunteering with all of their heart. Are y'all with me? Do you realize if we're ever going to accomplish anything significant, if we're ever going to do anything of any importance whatsoever, we're going to have to do it with all of our heart. We can't do it halfway. We can't do it mediocre. We can't just make somewhat of an effort. We've got to do it with all of our heart. And all God's people said, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, please help us today. Please touch our hearts. Please encourage us. Please reignite a fire in our hearts to do something significant for you. I pray that your perfect will be done in everything. Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Chapter 1. Chapter 1, a difficulty is exposed. A hardship is exposed. Uh, A a, a problem, if you will, is revealed. Chapter 1, the burden is received. He he, he sees what God wants him to accomplish. Chapter number 2, he goes and gets permission. He goes and gets permission and gets provision to go do what's necessary. He goes and takes a survey trip, if you will. He looks at the need. He looks at the problem. He looks at what needs to be done. He sets up a rally. He gathers the people together. He says, you see the distress that we are in. You see the gates that are burnt. You see the walls that are nothing but rubble. He said, let us rise up and build. Let's get the job done. Let's take a step and move forward in this thing. And man, they was excited. They got all excited and said, let us rise up and build. Let's get it done. Chapter number three, we find out that we see how they got it done. They did it with teamwork. Next unto him. 
next unto him. We saw one family. We saw one family would work on this part of the wall. And then it says, and next unto him, another family would work on this part of the wall. Next unto him, another family would work on this part of the wall. And next unto him, 31 times we find next unto them, next unto them, next unto them. Preacher, what are you saying? You'll never do anything significant in your life alone. If anything's going to be done significant, it's going to take teamwork. It's one of the great things I love about Temple. It's full of teams. Listen, we don't have committees. We have teams. We're on the same team. We're, listen, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. I like being on a team. I like fighting together. I like teaming up. I like having somebody else's back and somebody having my back. Listen, we need teamwork. We need teamwork. And then now we get to chapter number four. We find out they're halfway done with the work. And then it says this phrase that is, it is so popular. And we hear it a lot. Well, well, I heard it a lot growing up. The people had a mind to work. The people had a mind. Their heart was in it. You know, I, I, I go across the country a lot. And I speak in a lot of places. And, and, and I, see, I see some really disappointing things. I'll be honest with you. I see things that are really discouraged, and I, I, I see churches that are discouraged. I see pastors that are discouraged. I see people who, who, who have tried, and, 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 and they've tried to accomplish something that really didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to be, and they were broke down in their heart, and they were, they were really burdened about it, and they were discouraged. And, and what I see is there, there wasn't in it. You look at a, you look at a sports team. You look at a sports team, you could have somebody with all the athletes, all the talent, all the ability, all the size, and then you have this little squirt team who does it. Listen, they don't have nothing to lose. They're in it. They're, they're going to scrap, they, and, and they'll beat the big team because their, their heart's not in it. You can't do anything significant unless your heart's in it. Now, what was it? What was it about this situation that had the people in such a way that their heart was in what they were doing? What was it? There were, there were several things that I saw, and I, this is what I want to share with you. How can we, how can we keep a heart for what we're doing? How can, how can we keep a heart for, 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 for the, the work of God? How can we keep a heart for the vision that is in front of us? And, and by the way, guys, this is not just church stuff. This works in the family. This works in the business world. This works in whatever area or realm that you serve in or whatever you do. Guess what? you got to do it with all your heart. But how, what was it that caused these people to rise up? Now, this, by the way, by the way, if you keep reading this and studying this, this is after years of discouragement. They were, they were, they've done basically quit. They've done given up doing the job because there was so much rubble. There was so much discouragement. There were so many critics. And there were so many people coming against them saying it couldn't be done. So they had about given up. So what was it, what was it that got them so fired up they said, give me what I need to do and move out the way. That's what I'm talking about. Amen? Watch this. First thing. First thing is really important. Probably, probably the most important part of this whole deal, but, but, but God gave some other things too. But number one, I want you to see this. The reason their heart was in it, the reason that they, they listen, they, they served like they served and they, they did what they did is because the vision was clear. The vision was clear. Nehemiah came to the city. He surveyed every single thing that needed to be done. 
He, he got down and he broke it down with the people and he was not wishy-washy. He was not cloudy in his description. He was very specific in what he said. He said, let's build the wall. They knew exactly what they were there to do. They knew exactly what they were trying to accomplish. And the vision was clear. I, I said this over and over. And I, I think I may have put this on Facebook last night. I've gone to so many churches, so many churches that, that were just struggling and having a hard time. And this was the problem. The problem wasn't necessarily that the pastor had no vision because I would sit at a restaurant and talk and, and share with him and get information from him. And he had a vision. He had a desire. Listen, his heart was trying to get something accomplished. The problem was he was not clear, clearly defining the mission and the vision to the people he's preaching to. And if the vision is not clear from the pulpit, there'll be confusion in the pews. Are y'all with me? Every manager, every manager. I'm going to get a little secular right here, but I'm going to just tell you this. This works on both sides, the spiritual world, the secular world. Every, if you have people that report to you, if you are a manager, an employer, or anything like that, you should not be able to do your job till you read the one-minute manager. The one-minute manager. It's a number one best-selling book, and my favorite part, it's about this big. Say amen. The one-minute manager. You know what it does? I, I, I was given this book a long time ago, and, and I begin to read it, and there's basically three things in this book. The one-minute goal setting, one-minute reprimands, and one-minute praises. And this is, this is the, the basic theory behind the book. When you have somebody that, that works for you or serves you or you're managing, you need to make very clear on what you expect out of them. In other words, how many of you ever worked for somebody and they did, your job description wasn't really clear. They just kind of expected you to do something. And you did something that you didn't know that they wasn't wanting. And they come back and jump down your throat. And you're sitting there like, what? How many of that's happened to you? Raise your hand. You may tell you why? The vision wasn't clear. They did not clearly articulate what they were expecting out of you. They didn't know what they were there to do. But you know what? Not in this case. Everybody knew. Everybody knew the responsibility. Everybody knew the goal. Everybody knew the expectations. Everybody knew what they were trying to accomplish. Are y'all with me? You say, what does that have to do with us? I want to make sure every person in this room today knows exactly what the vision for Temple Baptist Church is. Let me give you three things. Three things that we need to be very clear on. Three things that we need to all understand when it comes to the future when it comes to what are we doing here at Temple. Do you know there's some churches that are just social clubs? You know, there's just some churches that are family-run units. That if you don't know Uncle Julio and, and, and Mama Green, you're not in the clique. And if you're an Uncle Julio in here, I'm sorry. Hey, man, that was just I, right off the top of my head. Amen. Come on now, don't get looking sideways. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I've been in church my whole life. Don't look at me that way. I know how this is. It's not for the glory of God. It's not to win the loss. It's not to change the community. It's not to minister to the broken. It's not to feed the hungry. It's not to shelter the... Hello? Anyway, anyway. Let me get back to my thought. I'm running a rabbit. Amen. What are we here to do? What are we here to do? Three things that, that we need to be clear about. We need to be clear about, and, 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 and we need to understand this is, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. We need to be clear. A, write this down. We need to be clear about our program. 
We need to be clear about our program. What is our program? Loving God, loving others, serving both. Say it with me. Say it again. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There are a lot of people who have a lot of ideas about what the church should be doing. A lot of people. And, and it's funny that a lot of people will think the church ought to do something, but they don't understand they are the church. And they will come with an idea that they want somebody else to implement. Well, guess what? We're clear in our vision. What are we trying to do? We want to teach people to love God. The primary rule in the Bible the most important thing that we can do, a lawyer asked the Lord Jesus Christ, if there was one commandment that we are to follow, what would it be? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. I'm telling you, Jesus said, unless a man will put me first, unless a man hate his father, his mother, his sister, his brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, now be careful, that, that word hate means to love less. And what he's saying, unless someone will love me with all of their heart, put me first before anything else, he cannot be my disciple. And boy, we want to come in here and we want to teach people, you need to love God. You need to put God first in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. If you love God, God will take care of the rest. We come in here and sing. Now, some of y'all, some of y'all are like super dignified. And, and, and really, you're really a little bit too starchy. I'm going to just tell you that right now. All right? You need to back off the Niagara in your, in your britches and don't put so much in because you're a little bit stiff, all right? Because you'll see, you'll see somebody, you'll see somebody that, that, that kind of gets maybe a little emotional. Maybe they raise their hand or maybe they have tears dripping off their face and you just think that is so undignified. Well, lady, listen, you got to understand where they've been. If you knew the heartache that they came out of, if you knew the pit that God found them in, if you know the brokenness that God healed them from, you'd get emotional too. Y'all remember, remember when Simon, Simon, Jesus, he invited Jesus to his house, and he was a hypocrite. He is a Pharisee. And the Bible says there came a woman who had a reputation. Listen, she did not have a good reputation either. She was probably a harlot in the city. She probably, everybody shamed her. Everybody looked down upon her. Nobody, listen, they wouldn't give her the time of day, wouldn't spit on her if she is on fire. But there was somewhere along the way that she heard these words, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And listen, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're hungry, I can feed you. If you're thirsty, I'm the living water. And she believed on him. And she came into this house. She came into this house. Listen, and there is Jesus, and there is Simon. And when that woman came in, she just got all emotional. She couldn't help it. If you ever get in the presence of Jesus, you'll get the can't help it either. And she came down, and she began to weep because she was so thankful and so grateful and so appreciative of what Jesus had done for her. And she began to kiss his feet and worship him and glorify him. And it was just undignified. And Simon had an issue with it. And Simon thought in his heart, thought in his heart, oh, if this man, he's supposed to be a prophet, if he knew who she was, if he knew her reputation, he wouldn't even let her touch him. But the only problem was he may have known the woman, but he didn't know Jesus because Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus is there for the broken and the helpless. Somebody say amen. And be careful what you think. 
Because Jesus is listening. I don't know where all this is coming from, but it's not in the notes, but it's good. Amen. We come in here to worship. I've seen people get a little, a little excited, and, and I look back at the pain. I look back at the hell they've been through. I look back where, where God found them. You can't help but get emotional when you think about where God found you. Amen? That's good stuff. Hallelujah. Love him. Why should I love him? Because he loved you and you was unlovable. You know, this world is so geared toward you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. And we throw the word around, the word love around so haphazardly and so uh, just, just nonchalantly. And, 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 and there's so many people that, that, that love because of what they can get out. But you understand, we can't give anything to God. God loved us for no reason. I've heard people say, I don't know how God could love a sinner like me. Because that's what he is. Beloved, let let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is... Yeah, buddy. How many of y'all are glad God loves you just like you are? You don't have to perform. You don't have to. When my, my, my girls, when they played softball, I wanted, to hit, I wanted to hit it out of the park every time they come up. I was not about bunting. Say amen. I wanted a home run every time. But you know what? When they struck out, I loved them just the same. Matter of fact, I loved them a little bit more because I had to cut. It's all right, darling. Because, see, they're like me. They had an attitude when they did that. Amen. We want to teach people to love God. That's why we sing. That's why we praise. That's why we, we, we testify. And we tell people the goodness of God. What, what is our program here, preacher? What, what are we trying to accomplish here at Temple? We want to teach people to love God. We, and see, the more I teach you about God, the more you're going to love God. Are you all with me? Then the second thing is love others. Love others. Do you know why this world's so mad at us? Now think about it. The community thinks you're all hypocrites. You know why? We've given them a reason to. Some of the most mean, vile things I've ever read on Facebook have come from supposedly Christians to naming their beliefs. Well, I can say what I believe without being hateful about it. I got people, I got people in my family that, that's living a lifestyle that I don't agree with. But guess what? When I see them, I give them the biggest bear hug in the world, kiss them right on cheek, and tell them I love them till the moon falls. I'll love them. We're here to love others. Jesus said the second commandment is as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you're loving yourself like you're treating your neighbor, you're in bad shape. Y'all with me? It's hard, to, it's hard to find close, intimate relationships in this big area and atmosphere because Jalen only gives like 30 seconds to shake hands. Come on, people. You got to go, hey, 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 hey. Hey, I'm like Donald Trump. I'm just telling like it is. Amen. Let's go. Uh, 
No, stop, 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 stop. Don't he? We ain't going there. Sorry, Josh. Sorry, sorry, Josh. <laughs> I, I don't know what's got into me. I'm just a little facetious today. Yeah. Appreciate your support, Andrew. Amen. Appreciate your support. He's the only one in the whole church can get away with that right there. Amen. Where do, where do we love others? In our small groups. Our life groups. That's one of the greatest things that we have here at Temple. We're fixing to have life group connect in just a couple weeks. Please come and get you in a group. One of the coolest stories I can ever tell, and I sure don't have time for all this, but I've got to give this to you. One of, one of the coolest stories that, that I, I, I've ever seen in church, I had, a, I had a, a life group leader call me, and I was at Sweet Pepper's Deli with another pastor getting some, some lunch, and he said, hey, so-and-so, a young lady who was pregnant and was expecting in, in this, particular class, uh, this particular group uh, was having some complications and problems. They had to take her down to St. Vincent's. <clears throat> well, he called me, and, and he said, hey, so-and-so's having some issues and problems. And, and I said, well, do I need to come down there? What, what's going on? He said, well, I'm almost there. And, uh, and, and I, I'll, I'll call you back as soon as I, I, I get up to the room and I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. So I said, okay. So a few minutes went by, a few minutes went by and, and, uh, 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 he called me back and I could hear some commotion in the background. You know, Baptists aren't quiet. Say amen right there. There was just some commotion in the background and, and, uh, and, and, and I said, how's it? He said, man, everything's fine. They're just going to run a few tests. It's, everything's good. I said, what's all that noise? Do you know her whole group was there before the group leader got there? You know what they were doing? Loving, supporting, caring. Listen, that's how we do this at Temple. If you're, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't mean this in a bad way. I hope you take this right because I hope everybody here knows I love you and I'll I'll go to the end of the world and do everything I can for you. But I can't keep up with all y'all. Y'all with me? I went into, I went into, how many of y'all remember when Fire Mountain was over there? It used, it's Ryan's now, I think, but Fire Mountain, why'd they change that? They could cook it right in front of you, you could pick which one. I'm sorry. Anyway, that was my second favorite steakhouse, amen. Uh, I, we went in there, and, and, and we, some of y'all caught that, amen. All right. Uh, we went in there, me and my wife, we was on that side of town on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And we're never there, because we're always here at church most all day, and and, and I saw a couple over there, and, and they were sitting there eating, and, and, and I, t- I said, Timmy, I'm going to go say hey. So I walked over there, and, and, and they were eating, and they looked up and saw me and went, <sighs> I thought, Lord, have mercy. You know, preachers are always self-conscious, you know. We're always doing something that makes people mad, you know. <sighs> I said, hey, guys, how y'all doing? Preacher, I'm, we just overslept. We missed church this morning. I am so Sorry. I said, bless God, that's why I'm here right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, that's when you should have invoked the right to remain silent. Amen? Because I'd have never known y'all wasn't here. You can't, you, you can't keep up with everybody. But I bet your group can. When you get together and you have a need, you have a... Listen, God never intended us to go through life alone. God intended us to care for one another, encourage one another, serve one another. And listen, do everything you could to be a blessing to one another. Forgive one another. Be kind to one another. Prefer one another. That's all in the New Testament. Preacher, what are you doing at Temple? We're loving God the best we know how. 
We're loving others through our life groups. We want you to be a part of that. That is the vision. That's what we do. I'm, we have simplified everything at Temple. We're not complicated. All we do, we try to our best to love God. We try our best to love others. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we make mistakes. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect because it's made of imperfect people. You have an imperfect pastor. You have an imperfect choir. We have imperfect people. If you think this place is going to be perfect and you're never going to get your feelings hurt, you're in the wrong place. Matter of fact, don't go any place. Because nobody's perfect. But we try. Listen, loving others. And then thirdly, serving both. Serving both. I want to encourage you to serve. I want to encourage you to do what God's called you to do. I want to encourage you to do what God has gifted you to do. If you're gifted to sing, bless God, you ought to sing. If you're gifted to teach, you ought to be teaching. If you're gifted to administrate, you ought to be administrating. Are y'all with me? Why? Because it's fulfilling. When I'm doing what God has put a passion in my heart to do, and he has gifted me to do, and he's put me to do, man, it's awesome. Can y'all tell I dig what I do? I want you to. I want you to enjoy. I want you to be satisfied. I want you to be fulfilled in the work of the Lord. Amen. That's, our, that's, our, that's our vision. That's our program. That's what we do. We don't do 500 things. I've seen church, some church calendars are so busy. And listen, they were, they were real busy, but they were not producing. Hey, it's simple. What are the three things we do at Temple? Everybody say, we. From the balcony. I, I need to hear you. Say it with me. That's what we do. It doesn't get any clearer than that. Preacher, I just don't, I, I, I just wish you'd quit talking about life groups. Well, get over it, because I'm not going to get over it. That's our vision. I, I wish you'd quit talking about serving and volunteering and all that. Well, you, you, you're in a bad place, because I'm going to keep talking about it, because that's our vision. It's my vision to see every member loving God, loving others, and serving both. And all God's people say it. Secondly, secondly, and I'm going to hurry. Oh, we got plenty of time. Y'all was messing with me with that clock. Amen. Listen, our program. But then I want you to see, I've got a vision for our property. Our property. It is my vision to see a finished, say that with me. That means walk on pavement all the way to the building. I know we redneck, but I'm about tired of gravel. Say amen. A finished, debt-free facility. Say it with me. A finished, debt-free Now here, here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it before I turn 50. Now I'm presently 29. <clears throat> so we... <laughs> Not really. Uh... We're going to do it. We have eight years to do it. Eight years. You heathen people, hush while I'm preaching. <laughs> what am I? Mom, how old am I? 42? Eight, I think I, eight years. That's what we got. I calculate. I remember now. Eight years. How long? Eight. Come on, people. Get with See, starting talking about money, and they're going to get giggly on me. Amen. How long? Eight, eight years. Finished, debt-free facility. This is not going to be cloudy. This is going to be clear. This is what we're going to Now, let me say this. This is not what we're going to do. This is what God's going to do for us. 
This is what God's going to do for us. I'm ready to see the teen area finished. I'm ready to see the parking finished. I'm ready to see everything that God has planned for this place to be finished and complete. Somebody say amen. amen. It's, it's going to happen. Mark it down. You don't believe it? Be here when we celebrate my 50th birthday <clears throat> with a cruise. Say amen right there. Because by then I'm going to need one. Amen. Finished facility. Then, then see, write this down. Write this down. This is, this, is, this is my favorite right here. We have a program here at Temple. Loving God, loving others, serving others. This is what we do here in the building. Then, then we, we have a facility that God is going to pay for. God is going to finish, thank God. But then I want you to see this, our pursuit. For 16 years now, we've been going from building after building after building. 16 years now, we would build and fill. Build and fill. Build and fill. We have built maybe, I believe, I believe probably the last building. Now we have to fill it. But then we're going to empty it. Y'all getting quiet? What's up? You know why? Because God's going to call you to go out there and do the same thing. Do you realize the church's success is not measured by its seating capacity? Because I've seen a lot of churches that had bigger buildings than this and it was empty. A church is measured not by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. If, every, if, if the only thing that ever happens with Temple happens in this building, we failed. What we are supposed to do is make a difference out there. It's our sending capacity. It's what we send from this building into our communities, into our country, into the countries abroad. It's where we go out there and make a difference that determines the success of our church. You remember that, that statement that that pastor told me uh, uh, several, several months ago that just stabbed me in the heart and made me really open my eyes to a lot of things? When he said this, he said, if your church ceased to exist tomorrow, would your community know? Are you having an, an enough effect on your community? Are you making a big enough difference in your community that if your church ceased to exist tomorrow, that they would miss you? This is what it's all about. We're going to be sending. We're doing it now, but we're going to be doing it in a greater way. We're going to be doing it in a more efficient way. We, we are going to start, most of you know, in just a couple weeks, we're going to kick off TBI, Temple Baptist Institute, where we're going to train and we're going to send. We're going to train them to do what we are doing. We're going to train people to know their Bible, to be clear in what they're doing. Are you all with me? Say amen. amen. That's our pursuit. No more buildings. No more buildings. That is a blessing to me. Say amen right there. I, I, I had a good time in the tent, but I like the building. Amen. We're going to train and send. We're going to train and send. Our program, our program, our, our property, and our pursuit. That's where we're going. That's our vision. It's clear. There's no question about it. This is the direction we're going. Why could they serve in such a way that their heart was completely in it? Because they, the vision was clear. Say that with me. The. Let me give you these two things and we'll pray. This is just icing on the cake. <clears throat> Not only was the vision clear, 
but they knew what they were doing was important. Let me, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. In Nehemiah 2.18, the Bible says they strengthened their hands for this good work. Then it says in Nehemiah 6.3, uh, the, the critics, the, the, the people, the enemy was trying to stop them from accomplishing the task. And they came to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is leading the charge. Nehemiah is working. He's going after it. And they said, come down and meet with us. Come down, let's have a meeting. And they meant mischief. They were going to kill him. Uh, and this is what he said. I can't come down because I'm doing a great work. I'm doing what I'm doing is important. What I'm doing is necessary. What I'm doing is great. Do you know what will keep the heart in what you're doing when you realize what you're doing is important? What you're doing is making a difference. What you're doing is significant. I know, I know, I've done a lot of things in my life that were insignificant. I've done a lot of things in my life that was not important. I've done a lot of things in my life that was temporary. But what I do for God is eternal. It is not temporary. There's only one thing that I can take with me, and that's what I do for the Lord. Your houses are going to burn down. Your cars are going to burn up. Listen, that's all going to go away. They will rust and they will rot. But Jesus says if you will lay your treasures up in heaven, somebody say amen. What you do in this place is important. It is important. It is significant. It has great eternal value. I'm the type, my, my parents are sitting right here in this building. Right here. You can ask either one of them. I would never ask for lunch money I would never ask for anything now my sister would ask for the credit card say amen and thank God because if she didn't I wouldn't eat lunch because she'd go get her lunch money and my lunch money she didn't have no problem asking but that's not my temperament I just can't do it. It just bothers me to ask for anything. I don't want to I don't want to feel like a moocher to anybody or anything I just that's just not me and you know what when it comes to the work of the Lord I don't have any problems asking you to sacrifice I don't have any problems asking you to give. I don't have any problems asking you to serve. I don't any, listen, have any problems whatsoever asking you to get involved in what's going on because this is not for me. This is for the kingdom of God. And when you realize what you're doing is of vital importance, man, your heart will be in it. Andrew, can I use you for an illustration? I, I want how many of y'all remember, when, remember when Andrew was in, his, was in his accident? You remember how the, the, whole, the whole city rallied? And, 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 and man, we was, we was doing T-shirts and, and stickers, pray for Andrew. As a matter of fact, I was coming down the road and saw a pray for Andrew sticker on the back of a car today. And everybody, you know what? Your heart was in it. You know why? Because you knew what you were doing was important. Some of y'all, your, your, your vision has been cloudy. You've been so surrounded by the things that, matter of fact, you, 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 you may, your vision may be cloudy today because of something stupid somebody else did. I, I, was, I was on Facebook for a minute this week. And somebody, somebody posted a, a letter of a, a 90-year-old widow that was kicked out of church because she didn't give money or something I don't remember the whole deal and, and, and you know that that just chaps me 
and I put a little meanie face. And, I, and this is what I put. James chapter number 1. Real religion. Pure religion and undefiled is this. You minister to the widows and the fatherless. Period. Now, that wasn't the whole story. Then somebody got on there and said, uh, said uh, all churches is greed and, 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 you know, something else that was goofy. Y'all know I had to respond. <laughs> and I responded. And this is why. You can't lump everyone in the same basket. They're all greedy. All ch- I want to say, tell that to the people we put food on their table. Tell that to the people whose lights are still on because we helped them. Tell that to people who's still in the house because we gave them rent money. Anyway. Are y'all with me? Don't let the foolishness of somebody else keep you from seeing what God wants you to do. I've heard people say this. I'm not going to church with hypocrites. There's some hypocrites up there. Well, I'd rather go to church with some than to hell with all of them. Amen? And as far as that goes, there's hypocrites at McDonald's. There's hypocrites at WDG. There's hypocrites at the bank, but I'm going. Y'all with me? How many of y'all understand what we're doing is important? It's important. If what you're doing is important, you'll have a heart for it. Preacher, I've been discouraged. Man, it's a good time to get encouraged. I'm not going to let foolish people stop me from doing what I know is right. They're there all the time. I hear it all the time. Richard, you hear so-and-so say so-and-so? Let them talk. That means they're giving somebody else a break. Y'all with me? Then lastly, lastly, this is so important. This is so important. The vision was clear. It was very obvious what they were supposed to do. The vision was clear of, of, of their goal and their accomplishments when when you know your responsibility, it's so much easier to get the work done. Their vision was clear. But then, then they knew what they were doing was vitally important. They were doing a great work. What they were doing was important. Then number three, and this is it, and we'll pray. In, verse number, in chapter number uh, four, the enemy's really coming against them now. I mean, they're threatening to kill them. Not just, we don't think you can do it. Not just mocking what they've already done. Now they're going to say, we're going to just come and kill y'all. The enemy's really coming against them. Watch. It says, and I looked and I rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. Listen, they not only had a clear vision. They not only knew what they were doing was important. They knew who they were doing it for. Why are we doing this? Ultimately, for the glory of God. He says, remember the Lord. We're doing this because God told us to. 
We're doing this because at 17 years of age, I felt the call of God on my life. And God says, I want you to go and preach the gospel. I want you to go and I build a church. I want you to go and tell people who I am. I know why I'm doing this. We're doing this for the Lord. Matter of fact, if you're not doing it for the Lord, when somebody does criticize you, you'll quit. But if you're doing it for the Lord, it don't matter what nobody says. Now watch this. I'm not just doing it for the Lord. I wish I was spiritual enough. I wish I was spiritual enough just to say, hey, I'm just doing this for God. And that's the only reason. But I'm not. I'm doing this for my girls. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my grandchildren. It's going to come up. Do you realize we are getting in such an atheistic, Christ-hating, God-hating, God-denying society that if somebody doesn't raise up and take a stand for the family unit, if somebody doesn't take a stand for the things of God, we're going to be in a society that has no churches whatsoever. Where's America going to be in, in five years? Where's America going to be in ten years? Where's your children going to go to church? Who is going to tell your grandchildren who Jesus is? I know why I'm doing this. I know why this is important. I know why I'm giving. I know why I'm sacrificing. I know why I'm serving. Because we got people coming up behind us that need to know who Jesus is. Are y'all with me? You know, sometimes we need to sit back and think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? If it's to please the critic, you'll always be at the mercy of the critic or the one who does foolish things. But if you remember who you're doing it for, when people would get tired of praying, when people would get tired of sacrificing, when people would get tired of giving, they would look at Andrew and they would see his face. They would see his picture. They would see all of that. And they would remember and they'd keep on keeping on. I, 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 let me say this and we're done. I had a friend of mine that was a South Carolina state trooper. His name was Trey. <clears throat> His name was Trey. He was about, <laughs> looked like nine foot tall with that uniform on, but he's a big guy, just a big old bear. And uh, we were sitting in the, in the restaurant there at the golf course where I worked at, and he was talking about different, different things. And, and, and I said, I said, do people ever try to talk you out of getting a DUI or anything like that? He said, oh, yeah, every one of them. He said, have you ever heard some real good ones? He said, oh, yeah. I said, how many of them have you let go? He said, not one. And I know him because he's, he's a teddy bear. I mean, he, he'll give you the shirt off his back, so he's like me. I hear a sob story. I tried to have a house rental one time. And Tammy would send me to get the rent, and I'd leave with medicine and groceries and, <laughs> and come back with no rent. And she'd be so mad. She's a killer, y'all. Y'all don't know it. That's this sweet face. Y'all don't realize it. Where's the rent? Well, it's, it, uh, uh, baby's sick. That's snot everywhere. Don't you, don't you understand? You know, I, I just can't, I can't, hand, I just, it's just not me. And somebody tell me a sob story, I'd probably let him go. I said, you didn't let any of them go? He said, let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you what I do. He said, when the story starts getting to me, he said, I say, hold on one second. He said, I go back to my car. He said, I sit in my car. And he said, I flip down the visor. 
And he said, there's a family of five. An innocent family of five. And all of them were killed because of the foolishness of a drunk driver. He said, I come back to my car and I flip the visor down and I look at that picture about two or three seconds. And I get out of my car and I go say, you're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. You know what he was saying? I remember why I'm doing and who I'm doing this for. If we're ever going to do anything significant in our life, the vision has to be clear. We need to realize what we're doing is important. And we need to understand who we're doing it for. Don't ever forget who you're doing it for. Because it will get discouraging. It, this, is, this week was one of the toughest weeks. I mean, I don't, it was brutal. This whole week, was. I was so thankful for Sunday morning that it means it's over. Say amen. There's so many times you want to quit. You want to say, I can't take no more, no more, no more, no more. Don't nobody else call me. Don't nobody else. Please, no, no. I know y'all don't ever think that. but And then you got to say, wait a minute. Why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And then you just got to say, bring on another week. Here we go. And all God's people said, say this with me. For the people had a mind. To work. Say it with me. One more time. Listen, let anybody say anything they want to say about temple but this. Don't ever let anybody say anything about a temple member as far as their heart just wasn't in it. If we do something, let's do it with all of our heart. And all God's people say it. Let's stand. Let's stand. Everyone stand. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll help us. I pray that you'll guide. I pray that you'll direct. I pray that you'll just please help us to have a heart for what we're doing. Have a heart for the goals that are set. Have a heart for the vision that you've given us for the the people that we serve, for the, the people that we help. God, I pray that all three of these points will be so clear in our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray that you'll be with those this, this, this here that's discouraged. Life can be so difficult. Life can be so discouraging. Life can be so brutal sometimes. And Father, if there's one here today that's just discouraged, just down, I pray today that you'll let them see that there is a new day. The sun's going to come up. I know weeping endureth for a, a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let them see the sun is going to rise again. Lord, if there's here someone who doesn't know you as their Savior, they've never been saved, they've never trusted you and accepted you into their life, I pray today will be that day. I pray for that when Lord, that needs maybe to to join up with Temple. You've been putting it on their heart, you've been putting it on their mind for a long time, but today's the day. I pray that you'll touch them and help them, Lord. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.